Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Thursday, the 13th of April in London. Coming up today, above and beyond, the Chancellor tells Bloomberg the UK will beat the IMF's growth forecast. One and done, Fed officials lean towards another hike as inflation edges down. Grand designs, UK home sales expected to pick up for the first time in a year. SoftBank to sell most of Alibaba's stake, leaked World Bank recordings and a £700 million inheritance tax raid. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, leading from the front, JP Morgan tells its managing directors they need to be in the office five days a week. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. Here are the stories we're following today. The International Monetary Fund is too pessimistic about the UK economy. That's the message from the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, who told Bloomberg he expects the country to beat the IMF's anemic growth forecast. Our forecasts are significantly better than the IMF forecast. But what I should say is that last year we were the fastest growing economy in the G7. So we are very confident about the UK's medium and longer term prospects. But we don't pretend that we're we're not going through a difficult period. The IMF expects the UK economy to shrink by 0.3% this year and expand by just 1% next year. Speaking to Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo, the Chancellor added that the UK still has work to do to bring down inflation. Now, that was a message echoed by the Bank of England's Governor, Andrew Bailey. Speaking earlier at the IMF, Bailey said the BOE would not let concerns about financial instability trump the fight against inflation. What we shouldn't be doing is saying we've got such a problem with financial stability that we have to, in a sense, aim off a decision on monetary policy which is taken with, obviously, with our inflation target in primary view because of conditions in financial stability. However, Bailey did caveat his comments, saying that financial stability will help determine when the BOE stops quantitative tightening. Federal Reserve rate setters are planning hikes even as their forecasters warn of a recession ahead. Minutes of last month's meeting show that most policymakers project rates will reach 5.1% this year. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly says the outlook is still uncertain. Looking ahead, there are good reasons to think that policy may have to tighten more to bring inflation down. But there are also good reasons to think that the economy may continue to slow even without additional policy adjustments. Although Daly doesn't currently vote on policy, she's seen as a close ally of Chair Jerome Powell. The Fed's minutes were published after the latest core inflation figures matched forecasts slowing to 0.4% month-on-month in March. 
Meanwhile, the European Central Bank's François Villeroy de Gallo says they've nearly completed their rate hiking journey. The French central banker says the ECB may possibly have a little further to go. The deferred effect of our past rate hikes will be more significant than the one of our future decisions. And it will then be key to stay the course for as long as necessary. To put it differently, the sprint is over, giving way to a more long-distance run. Villeroy de Gallo is in Washington for the IMF and World Bank spring meetings as well. Like Mary Daly, he has one eye on core inflation, which he warned is proving to be increasingly sticky. Bloomberg has learned that Apple assembled more than $7 billion of iPhones in India in the last financial year, tripling production after accelerating its move away from China. That means that almost 7% of iPhones now come from India, significantly up from around 1% in 2021. China's exports jumped unexpectedly in March, the first gain in six months. It's a positive sign for the world's second largest economy as exports rose by 14.8% in dollar terms from a year earlier. Economists in Bloomberg survey had forecast that exports would drop by more than 7%. Imports, meanwhile, declined by a smaller than expected 1.4%. And here in the UK, property surveyors see sales pick up for the first time in a year. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts reports. After months of gloom triggered by a sharp jump in interest rates, the findings from the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors indicate some strength returning to the residential property market. Rick says that the housing market is stabilising with signals that the Bank of England may be near the end of its rate hiking cycle. According to the survey, house prices continued to fall in March, though, with a net balance of 43% of respondents reporting a decline. However, that was less negative than the reading of minus 47% in February. Not exactly what you would call buoyant but a small improvement. Latest data from Nationwide Building Society show prices dropping over the last year by the most since 2009. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. So those are some of our top stories this morning on the programme. Another story did catch my eye, though, on the terminal. It's one that has been uh, very highly read, too. And this is a memo to JP Morgan's managing directors telling them they must return to the office five days a week. Uh, the memo says that their leaders play a critical role in reinforcing their culture and running their businesses. And they have to be visible uh, to meet with clients, to teach and advise, and should be always accessible for, quote, immediate feedback and impromptu meetings. Uh, this is as the the managing directors are being told they need to lead by example and that's why they're being brought back uh, five days a week. Of course, this feeds into the broader debate about flexible working after the pandemic and how much people should be uh, required to be in the office. This is part of, as JP Morgan sees it, people perhaps not managing to get into uh, the office on the number of days they're supposed to be in, three days for most people. But uh, our reporting also pointing out that JP Morgan is building uh, its new headquarters on Park Avenue in Midtown Manhattan. Its new 60-storey skyscraper will have yoga and cycling rooms, meditation spaces, an abundance of outdoor areas and, quote, state-of-the-art food hall as well. So that could be part of the incentive of trying to get people uh, back into that building if they're putting so much effort into that new headquarters in New York. So an interesting turn in the work-from-home debate, I suppose, from JP Morgan there. Let's bring you more now of Bloomberg's interview with the UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt. He's told Maria Tadeo that he believes the International Monetary Fund's bleak outlook is wide of the mark. Take a listen. 
I've been in frontline politics for nearly 20 years now, and you are always fighting to get the policies you want through. I mean, right now, like uh, finance ministers in Germany, uh, the United States, France, Japan, we're all wrestling with how to improve productivity, how to get our growth rates up, how to pay for public services. And sure, these are the battles we all fight, but I think what people recognize is that the UK economy has had a difficult period, but has also got tremendous resilience. I'll give you one, one fact, Maria. We are now the third largest tech economy in the world after the United States and China. And that is the area where we think we've got tremendous potential going forward. And to be fair, people said the city was going to disappear after Brexit and obviously has not been the case. But before we get to that point, I do want to go into the IMF forecast because they have upgraded the contraction. So it's not going to be as severe this year. But they also say for next year's one percent growth. Is that acceptable to you? Is there a fundamental growth problem in the UK? Or actually, do you believe, well, the IMF is wrong? We're going to do better than this. Well, we will do better than that. They are wrong, um, the projections. Our, our, our forecasts are significantly better than the IMF forecast. But what I should say is that last year we were the fastest growing economy in the G7. But why is there this gap then? Well, I think... Where is it um, coming from? You know, it's not just me. I mean, the German finance mm -hmm. minister uh, says he's much more optimistic about Germany's prospects. Uh, I think Janet Yellen has said the same about the United States. So, so you say we will prove um, so we are we are very confident about the UK's medium and longer term prospects. But we don't pretend that we're going we're not going through a difficult period. Like everyone, we're dealing with very high inflation, which we have to bring down. That means interest rates are higher. But you look at an economy and you say, what are the sectors that are going to make the biggest difference, that are going to shape the 21st century? And it's technology, it's life sciences, it's uh, entertainment industries. Those are the industries where Europe has the biggest, where the UK has the biggest sector in Europe. And that gives us great hope for the future. And obviously you've had a, well, a difficult job uh, to inherit. And, and as you say, it has been a difficult year uh, for the UK. But I wonder if you believe all of this has come together, you're going to see this economy grow. To me, what it sounds is that you want to be in a good shape for next year. And obviously the timing is around the election. Do you want to see an early election or do you want to see a late election in the year when perhaps all of this will come into fruition? If you believe you're right. Well, it's too soon to answer that question. You don't want to put a season on it. Maybe um, it's the autumn unit. What I would say is that if you look at the projections, not just by the IMF, but by the official forecasters in the UK, uh, by the Bank of England, they are that in a year's time, the UK economy will really have turned a corner. And the single reason for that is that we are predicted to get inflation down to 3% or below. And that is the, the single... Do you believe you can hit that number? Because the IMF also says on the fiscal side, they have, they have questions about some of your targets. Yeah, but they also believe we can hit that number. And I believe we can get inflation under control. But I don't underestimate the challenge because just as in the United States and the EU, core inflation, underlying inflation, is still between 4 and 6%. So there's still a lot of work to do. That was the UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt speaking to Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo at the IMF and World Bank Spring Meetings in Washington. So interesting to see his take on where he sees the UK economy going from here. Up next, SoftBank to sell most of its Alibaba stake, leaked World Bank recordings and a £700 million inheritance tax raid. 
The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. And Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans is with us with the details of those stories. Leanne, good morning to you. Let's start in the Financial Times. SoftBank moves to sell down most of its Alibaba stakes, something we're seeing moving markets this morning. Yes, indeed. We've really seen Alibaba's stock slump after this report by the FT today. So that is something that is moving markets for sure, Stephen. Now, SoftBank is moving to sell the majority of its stake in the Chinese internet giant Alibaba. And this is all according to the financial. Times. Now, this move is said to limit the Japanese company's exposure to China and also raise cash. And this is after the market downturn has hit the value of its technology investments. Now, SoftBank has sold more than $7 billion in Alibaba shares this year through prepaid forward contracts. Now, that's after selling $29 billion last year, according to the newspaper. And SoftBank's billionaire founder Masayoshi-san says he wants to focus on a planned listing of its chip design unit, Arm. And now it's also been revealed the New York Stock Exchange has reached a tentative agreement over Arm's proposed listing. And that's all according to the FT. We did know that Arm once listed here in London. Well, it, I mean, there had been high hopes that there would be a listing in London. Yes, well, the idea of them, of course, going to New York, something that was uh, very controversial here here as well. Uh, Leanne, let's go to The Guardian next. World Bank staff told to give special treatment to the son of a Trump official. That's the headline there. Yes, and this is an exclusive from the Guardian newspaper and it reveals leaked recordings. So shared with the newspaper by a whistleblower, the recording of a 2018 staff meeting suggests colleagues were encouraged by a senior manager to support the son of David Malpass. Now, officials were told to give preferential treatment to Robert Malpass after the US Treasury threw its support behind a 13 billion dollar fund increase for the organisation. Now, campaigners say the case could undermine the World Bank's mission, which includes combating the erosion of public trust. Now, the World Bank has hit back and said it could not confirm the contents of this recording, but added it was both false and absurd to suggest that there was any connection between an entry-level hire and the multi-billion dollar capital increase. Now, we do know David Malpass is the president of the World Bank. He wasn't at the time, but it was said, if we listen to these leaked recordings, mm. that he did get preferential treatment. Right. OK, well, that's according to those recordings uh, reported by The Guardian. Let's go to The Telegraph then, Leanne. Uh, the headline there, HMRC claws back £700 million in inheritance 
tax raid. So this story basically talks about gifting when it comes to inheritance tax, but we're going to get into that. Now, thousands of families have been caught out, and this is by complex inheritance tax rules. The taxman has clawed back more than £700 million, Stephen, in inheritance tax, and that's over the past five years from over 2,000 families. That's a huge amount of money. And according to data obtained by Telegraph Money and a Freedom for Information request, the families had actually taken steps to avoid paying the 40% death charge. And this is all according to the newspaper. The families did try to escape by making gifts and delivering gifts to their family members during their lifetime. But that didn't matter in the end because they ended up having to pay the tax regardless after HMRC said that they had breached its regulations. And a separate freedom of information request made by the Telegraph says that families had lost £650 over the last three years. And that's due to falling foul of the seven-year gifting rule. Because right now, if you do gift money and inheritance tax, there's a seven-year rule. So you can't die seven years after that money is gifted. And in this article, it argues that their age should be dropped down to give people more chance. But there we are, a raid on inheritance tax and extremely complicated when it comes to the rules surrounding it. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day. Right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.